So today's message is going to be a really, really good follow-up to last week's message, which if you weren't here, preach the gospel, the good news that Jesus is crazy about you. He is crazy about you. He loves you. He adores you. He has the best thoughts about you. He says you're beautiful, you're precious, you're worth his blood. He made it to where you can stand holy and blameless without a fault before him. And that God, yeah, come on, that's good news. That's good news. My friends, when I was at BSSM, we'd talk about he's made a squeaky clean. Like Jesus has made a squeaky clean. So we'd go up to each other and be like, ooh, ee, 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 you're squeaky clean because what Jesus did. It's the truth. That's what Jesus has done for us. He loves us so much. And sometimes you just need to be reminded that he is crazy about you. Do you believe that? Do you want to receive that even more? I do too. So today, I'm going to talk about legacy. When we talk about what Jesus has done for us, let me get my all my fun things spread around here. Who knows what's going to happen today? I'm going to talk about legacy. Um, we talk about all that Jesus has done for us, how much he loves us, that God from the foundation of the earth, he loved us and he planned to see us in Christ as holy and blameless. So that was from the beginning before he, made, like, before he made the world, that was his plan, to save you, to redeem you. So we've received that love, and now what do we do with it? You know, once you've received that love that Jesus has for you, what do you do with that? You share it. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to talk about legacy and what that gets to look like as lovers of Jesus. As Christians, what that gets to look like as families, as individuals. So, Jesus, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for every single person that's in this building today. Thank you for our children. Holy Spirit, that you would move in a powerful way there. Thank you for every person that you care for, that you have wonderful plans for. And so we say yes to what you have. I pray that you would help me to share this message with power and with love and compassion today. And so we just receive all that you have in your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. So there's so much, so many places this message could go because I, I love talking about legacy. I... I'm someone who is insanely blessed. Um, I'm a, what generation am I? Did we say I'm a sixth generation, fifth generation, pastor's kid in ministry, praise Jesus. So I love getting to talk about legacy because I know what my life, what I've got to experience in my life because of people who have said yes to Jesus. And I want that for everyone. So I get excited to talk about legacy. So let's start with Isaiah 60. Isaiah, if you're from South Africa, 
in Australia. Bethel's coming soon. You'll get to hear accents really soon. I love it. Isaiah 60. Arise, Jerusalem. Let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. Over who? Over us. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. And your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy. For merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring you the wealth of many lands. I just encourage you to read all of Isaiah 60. It's so good. But when you read it, read it over yourself. Arise, Christy, let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. So when you read it, read it that way. But what I want to hit on here is look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy. For merchants from all around the world will come to you. All right. So what are we to do? Arise and we're to do what? We're to and shine. Come on. All right. Psalm 78. Jared, thank you. Thank you so much. You're good whenever you do your beautiful fade out. Watch. It's going to be nice and gentle. See how it's not abrupt? He's trained. You want to know why he's trained? He joined the worship team at how old? How old were you, Jared? 13. 13 years old. Yeah, come on, let's go. Jared, can you stay here for a second? Just come up here. We're talking about legacy. Um, here, I'm actually going to hop to Psalms 92, actually, first. We'll be hopping around a bit today. Psalms 92, verse 12. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they, will, they still will produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. So those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. So a few different, this message is going to go a few different ways. One is being planted. And so both of us here, we're great examples of being sons and daughters of a house. So Jared, this has been your home church your whole life, right? Yes. Same here. Praise God. Let's go. In that, there is wonderful blessing. I mean, there is incredible blessing about being raised up in a house. And so Jared, like I said, why don't you come up a little bit more? There you go. 
No, I just need everyone to see him to celebrate him. My mom was asking if he needed a microphone. Let's go, Jared. So, son of the house, right? What does that mean? That means he has positioned himself to be raised up, to be discipled. And so he's joined the worship team at 13 years old, which that looks like a lot of practice. That looks like, oh, you might need a microphone, actually. Why don't you grab a microphone just in case, Jared? Oh, bless you. Thank you. Way to be on it. So, 13 years old. That takes one, practice. You took lessons, correct? Yes. Joining the worship team. That looked like at first, did you necessarily feel like a champion right off the bat? Not even slightly. How did you feel? I felt nervous. I wasn't sure what's going on. It was this learning process of trying to understand what to do and how to do it. But it was a process. It wasn't just an instant success moment. Yeah. Did you have people who helped train you up? Yes. Did you have mentors? Mm -hmm. Amazing. Were you faithful to come to practices? Yes. Yes, he was. But all these things, like it, it was a process. It was, but all these things have led up to where now he's our worship director. So what you don't know is that microphone there, he's actually telling the band what to do the whole time, where he's like, hey, here's this key. We're going to change to this chord. All right, bring it down here. Do this, do this. And so it is made, he's positioned himself as a son, and now he gets to raise up other people. Now at our practices, he has people that are over twice his age coming to him, being like, hey, what do I do here? What do, what do I do? What do I do? Because he's positioned himself as a, as a son, and now he's getting to see the fruit of, you know, making disciples. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. He's flourishing. And that's just one of the benefits of being planted. Have you found some of your greatest friends by being planted? Yes. Yes. Have you found family? Absolutely. Beyond your amazing family. Like your, your biological family is incredible. But have you found people that are like family to you as well? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Jared. Thank you very much. A part of it too. Oh, you can stay right there too. One moment. I'm thinking. Things are coming up as I'm talking. That's kind of how it works a lot of the time. So me and Jared, we've led worship together for a long time. Um, think about, I mean, I started worship in youth as well. And then I became youth pastor and he became my intern. Let's go. Um, it was our way of being like, we want him to serve in this church forever. We want him on staff. How can we get him right off the bat? Let's have him be an intern. Let's think about all these things. But we've practiced together a lot. We, we, we've gone in so many different settings. If it's VSSM worship, youth worship, youth camp, Sunday morning, all the different areas to where now, like I said, when he's directing the music, I really don't have to say a lot. He just knows where I'm going to go because we've grown in the Lord together and worshiped that way. And so there's just a beautiful thing when you're in the, house of the God, in the house of God and you're working in unity with each other, you get to complement and strengthen each other. It's not a one-man show. It's we all need each other. And so, just, yes, it is wonderful. But in reality, like, I do what I get to do because Jared is amazing at what he does. And it makes it to where a whole team now feels like, oh, I feel comfortable. I feel confident. So 
this, you're receiving blessings of someone who has been planted, who has gone under the process of development, of discipleship, of great humility. I don't think you'll meet anyone more humble than Jared. Truly, I don't think you will. Um, but you're, you're actually receiving the benefits of his yes to Jesus. I mean, it's true, which is amazing. But I share that to help us get a picture of what your yes to Jesus can look like. Your yes to Jesus influences way more people than you will ever know. I mean, last week we had the example of one person who caught it, and then the whole stage was filled with people, right? So we had that example. This is a different example. This is it's not a glamorous, it's a, I'm giving you some of the, the history of what that looks like. The history to get to that, and now the blessings that we receive here, but it's also live stream, so there's people all around the world who get to listen, who are receiving the blessings of someone's yes to Jesus. Thank you, Jared. Those who, if you actually go in our lobby and you look up above the stairs, has anyone seen the verse that's, that's up there on the wall? It's, it's this verse. It's those who were planted in the house of God will flourish, and the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. But another part of this that I love so much If we go down to verse 14, even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They, I know. They will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. I've had so many examples of just saints who have had a yes to Jesus and they are fruitful in every season. I mean, I could look around and, that's right, Grandma, that's you. I mean, look at my Grandma right over there. Look at my grandparents. Oh, Pastor Rich, you're here today. Ah, praise God. We missed you so much. I will say, as being a daughter of the house, I have been so blessed by those who have gone before me. And I'll, I'm going to cry a lot today because I'm so thankful for people who have gone before me, who have poured into me, who have loved me through every season. But, I mean, in this corner alone, I can look at Dale and Diana Davis, who are incredible rocks. And they are so, if you see what the Lord does through them, when you talk about they will always be fruitful, you will always produce fruit. You will remain vital and green. They don't age. Have you noticed that they've looked the same ever since you've known them? It's true. They don't age. But they are those who are planted in the house of God. I've gone to church with them my whole life, and they've been rocks. Always. They've blessed me nonstop. They're the ones who were going. And Dale, last Sunday, I just, it was during practice, and I looked up, and I saw you preparing the way for people to get baptized. And it was this moment where I was like, oh, Lord, this is so much bigger than we realize. 
You know, it's the faithful acts that we do that have a way larger impact than we'll ever realize. You're probably thinking sometimes, like, I need to get there early. I got to make sure that the water is warmed up enough for the people so that when they get in, they're not like, like, you actually get in and it's warm. So you're like, yes, Lord, this is so nice. Our youth got baptized in the fountain one time and it was cold and they didn't have the same response. I don't think they were shaking under the power of God. They were just cold. But it's the truth. Like I was looking up there and I was like, this has an eternal impact. Being planted in the house of the Lord and serving in the way that you were has an eternal impact on way more people than you'll ever realize. I mean, just think about how many times you've prepared for people to get baptized. How long have you been doing that, Dale? 10 or 12 years. How many baptisms have we had this year? I mean, it seemed like baptisms were happening all the time. So you put that for 10 or 12 years, preparing a way for someone to be baptized. The fruit of a yes to the Lord, of faithfully serving, being planted. I think about um, Jesse. Where are you, Jesse? Are you in here, Jesse? Jesse Baldu? There you are. Can you stand up, Jesse? Yay. How many of you have been so blessed by him when you walk in our church? You get greeted by Jesse. It's my favorite. Every Sunday morning while we're practicing and I see him come in, I'm like, hi, Jesse. And it means the world. That's someone who has been planted. And you're experiencing, like, you've, you've felt welcomed by him. You felt loved. You felt seen. I can think of, I mean, if you think of Sister B. Wagner, who... Who ever experienced one of her Bible teachings? Who is, who is just blessed by her life in general, even if it wasn't a Bible teaching? Very much so. If you don't know who she is, she was someone who passed. Was it, has it been two years? That's hard to believe it's been two years. But what she did, she would literally write. Whoever received a little note from her of encouragement? How many of you still have those? It's the sweetest treasure so she was another one of those in my life, a mother, a spiritual mother over me who her faithfulness to Jesus meant more than I could ever imagine. I mean, my dad, he'll, he has cards of, that she would write, these words of encouragement that would just be sat on the seat right there. And if you think of that woman, she, I mean, she was a missionary in China. She created so many of the... Um, so much of our curriculum that we have here. She was in her, when, how old was she when she wrote her last curriculum? She was 87 years old when she wrote her last um, Bible study curriculum. It was called The Mantle. Let's go. It was called The Mantle, and that's what I believe, the, when, Drew, when you talked about, Drew's now teaching our junior hires right now. Praise God. I love that. Drew, who is just up here, he's now teaching our middle school class. Don't you just love it? These are the things about church that when you've grown up in the church and you've, you know, you've been a pastor kid, you've served, you get to realize the role that everyone really has. 
So Drew is literally up here leading everyone, and now he's going to minister to the next generation, all of our middle schoolers. We need each other. It's beautiful. But when he's talking about it's, you know, the excitement of, of where we're stepping into, what I believe and what I'm going to talk about today is, is legacy but mantles, like stepping into the mantle that the Lord has for you. And I think it's beautiful that that was the last curriculum that B wrote. It was one of those that she felt an urgency in her spirit to write this curriculum and to give it to us. And, and we have to catch that, that there are generations that have gone before us, and now it's our time to take on the mantle and run. So let's go to Psalm 78 now. Starting at verse 1, it says, Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord about his power and his mighty wonders. For he, yes, for he issued his laws to Jacob to give his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. They will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is a God of generations. It, he's faithful, and he cares about family. And sometimes, you know, you can say family, and we, in this room, we have a mix of so many different people where family is either a wonderful word or it's a sad word. But God wants to redeem that. He does. He cares about family. He cares about every generation. He wants his deeds to be passed down to the next generation, to the next generation, that all would prosper, that his blessings would flow from generation to generation to generation, not just one, but every single generation. In Psalm 68, to bounce forth my phone and my Bible. It works easy that way sometimes. Psalm 68, verse 3. But let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. He's the father to the fatherless, defender of the widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely into families. God places the lonely into families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. So something to get about God's heart. If you're lonely and you feel like you don't have family, he wants to put you in a family. So much so that he actually says that he adopted you, Right? He adopted us and had us be a part of his family. That's the family of God. So there's a reality. Some of you might not have the greatest 
family life. But you've been adopted into God's family. You have. You've been adopted into God's family. So your ancestors are actually David. It's, I mean, we could go over that whole line. That's your family line. It's pretty great. And so knowing that, that that is your family line. He's adopted you into family, but he also says that he puts the lonely into families. And that's what the church gets to be like. Who's ever experienced that? Who has experienced that? Where you felt like your church family was actually closer than your family? Praise God. I mean, that, that encourages us because that's like, yes, you should feel like family here. This should feel like your family. Because he cares. He wants you to be in a family. He wants you to grow that way. So, talking a little bit now about legacy and generations, what that has looked like, um, just benefits that I've received of being a daughter of the house, all these things together. Um, Like I said, I have had so many people that have poured into me, have been mentors over my life. Um, I have, like, I could think of so many people that have encouraged me. Barb has prayed me through so many things. I remember one time, so Barb is right over here. Can you raise your hand, Barb? Yay, Barb. Who loves Barb? Yeah. Woo, so much. I remember one time I just went through this season where I just felt so lonely and it didn't make sense to me because I looked around and I was like, I have the best family. I'm deeply loved. Why do I feel lonely? Like the feeling was very real. And she called me up out of nowhere and she goes, Christy Lynn, I feel like there's a spirit of loneliness coming against you. And I had never said anything to her. And I was like, yes, I think you're right. She goes, let's pray. So she prayed for me, and that lifted right then and there. But that's the beauty of family, of the family of God. I got to receive that. And so I'm sharing all of these things because I believe that there are people who are going to step up in this room today. They're going to make it to where the generations after you get to have the same blessings that I've experienced. I might not necessarily be the trailblazer who is setting a whole new legacy, but I'm going to carry the legacy that my family has, and I'm going to run even further. But there are people in this room that you're first-generation Christians, and you're the one who is now establishing a legacy for the Lord, that the generations after you are going to be able to share these kind of stories as well. So when it talks in Psalms where it says, to pass down these truths to the next generation, that they would remember all of the miracles, all of the things have done. What are the stories that you want the next generation to know? You know, what, what are they? I mean, what I've experienced is I have miracles on miracles now. I have my little niece, Addie, who's like, Auntie, let's sing miracles. And she goes, miracles on miracles, million little miracles. It's the greatest. I was talking to Missy, my niece over here, and she is just, on Thursday night, she blessed my socks off. She's in VSSM, and she's talking about what the Lord was doing, and she has this encounter with God. It was a few Sundays ago, and she goes, I just got so touched. She goes, I was just worshiping, and she goes, I just, I, I'm so excited about miracles, but I just want to see his face. 
And as she's talking, I'm like, me too. Tell me more. She's like, I just want to see his face. And she said, I was worshiping. And she goes, I'd been going through this thing where I started feeling condemnation about things I did before. And then as I was in worship, she goes, I have this vision where I'm seeing all the things that I had done. And, but I see Jesus and his smile never changed. She was like, and in that moment, I just knew how deeply he loved me. It was like he said, that's okay, honey. And those are the stories that she's going to get to tell her kids. I think about, um, she was up here a few, I mean, it's been quite a few weeks now, but she's talking about as a mom, like there was, she was in their house and she saw an evil spirit come into their room, like come into the house. And her first thought was, my boys. She has two perfect boys. They are perfect. Kaysen and Kylan are perfection. They are my great nephews, and I love them. But she was in her room, and she said that she, you know, she saw an evil spirit come in, and the first thought was, my boys. But she arose as a mother, rebuked that spirit, and it left. Those are the stories she gets to tell her children. Those are the stories. Those are the testimonies now. The testimonies she gets to share, yeah, when I was, how old were you when you got really sick, miss? Five. She was five. She was really ill in the hospital. I mean, very, very, very ill. And she got healed, totally healed. She came here and we played the song, Look What the Lord Has Done, right? Uh, Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm gone. I love it. Yes. Good old Pentecostal movement in here. Hallelujah. But she got healed, got to share up here as a little girl stories she gets to tell her children. She gets to tell her children about the love and the grace of Jesus. When I was worshiping, this is what the Lord did. That's a story she gets to tell her children. What are the stories you get to tell the next generation? What, what are the stories, the testimonies of what the Lord has done, of all he's done? And so thinking about this, that the God, I feel like what he wants to stir in our hearts so much is hope for the future generations as well. And that goes so far beyond just your kids. I mean, I don't have kids, but you better believe I've got testimonies that I want my nieces and nephews to know. You better believe that the youth kids that I was pastoring before, I wanted them to hear all these testimonies of what Jesus had done. So legacy goes far beyond just our family. It's an impact. I've been deeply impacted by people who aren't from my bloodline, but they have deeply impacted me, and I want to carry on the gifts, the mantles that were on them. All right, so I get to brag a little bit about my family line now. How does that sound? I'm excited. This is my new favorite book. It's so good. Unto you and your children, my Aunt Grace is my great-great-aunt. In our family, everyone's cousin or aunt. 
there's typically a lot of like great greats before it or fourth cousin, fifth cousin, but your cousin, your aunt, it's, that's how it works. So my great, great aunt wrote this and it's about her family, um, our family. And so Grandma Hattie would be my great, 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 great grandma. My great, great, great grandma. So I'm going to talk about my great, great, great grandma. That alone lets you know that your legacy has an impact. Here I am, a great, great, great granddaughter in a church now talking about my great, great, great grandma. Your legacy is, it's a lot bigger of a deal than you realize. Your life matters. Your yes to Jesus can have a way better, bigger impact than you've ever realized. So, I'll read, here we go. My grandma Hattie was amazing. All right, sorry, I was trying to find, figure out which part of the book to read. We'll start here. She was really sick. She, at this point in the book, she was very ill. And so she's talking about her husband had gone to the drugstore for some medicine when he saw a man standing on the street preaching. His resonant voice soon drew a crowd, and he began to preach to them about the Holy Spirit being poured out in these days. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm, go- I'm, a, I'm a story ahead. I have to map this in the right order, guys. Sorry. That was a little teaser. Okay, this is Grandma Hattie when she would have been a teenager. So she had been reading her Bible, hungering for the Lord more and more, and she went into the parlor to talk to her dad at that time. And she said that Pa's words were always words of gold. And one day, she spent considerable time reading in her Bible from the book of Acts. She especially pondered over the second chapter. Surely Pa could answer all the questions that were flooding her mind. That evening, testament in hand, she made her way into the parlor, and in her customary manner, sidled up to Father. He was always pleased when the children sought him out for counsel or just wanted to be near him. And so she began to unfold her thoughts and questions. Pa. I've been reading here in the book of Acts where the promise of the Holy Ghost was given. People spoke in tongues and great miracles took place. Why, 3,000 turned to the Lord in one day. It says here that that promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So why don't we see things like this today? Isn't this for us too? And he pensively stroked his beard. Well, Hattie, I really don't know why, but I do believe you will see the return of those things in your generation. Satisfied with his answer, the words sang in her soul. She left the parlor with the light of wonderment in her beautiful eyes. Unto you and to your children, unto you and to your children, you'll live to see the return of those things. In your generation, that means me, my children, my grandchildren, my great-great-great-grandchildren. She never forgot her father's words. Like Mary of old, she kept all these sayings in her heart. So that was as a little girl. 
Fast forward. Now she's married. And she was really sick at this time. So, her husband had gone to the drugstore, my grandpa, and he heard a man speaking about the Holy Spirit on a street corner. His happy face glowed with the blessings and anointing of God. He spoke with authority and preached a message of hope and power. He said that God was presently healing the sick through the power of praying in Jesus' name. He opened his Bible and read from the book of Acts. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So my grandpa was fascinated, had never heard anything like this before, and he stopped to listen. He admired the boldness of this stranger, and the message about divine healing interested him. Could it be that God would heal Hattie and make her strong again? He could hardly wait to get home and tell her about what he had heard. Fast forward, so she hears this, and Grandpa Williams' prophecy had come to pass. Maybe it's just what I need, she hopefully commented. So this happens. He comes, tells about the Holy Spirit, and in that moment, she recalls a time when she was a teenager. Maybe this is just what I need. So at this point, this man, just to give brief, I could read this, I could read the whole book to you, and honestly, everyone should read it. But what was happening, he goes into town, street preacher, preaching on the corners about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and about healing. And all the churches in the area were like, nope, that's not for today. So they start to put this man down. They're hearing that. And so Grandma Hattie and Grandpa Frank, they didn't like that people weren't going to be kind to him because they thought you should be kind to everyone. And they thought it sounded like sound doctrine because they read that in the Bible. So they invited him to come to their house because that's what you do. You love people, right? And they told him, you are welcome to stay at the Yaden home anytime that you're in town. Praise God they did. Thank you, Lord. All right. So this all happened. They were so amazed at what was going on. It's so cute how how they talked about, they didn't necessarily receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet. They didn't speak in tongues yet, but a fire was lit inside of them. They believed that this was a new beginning and things were going to change after this moment. She could, it says, she could not forget the words of her father. I do believe you will live to see the return of those things in your generation was this the beginning? Could she really be healed by faith in Jesus Christ? So like I said, she was extremely ill. So she reached out to this church where the man came from, and it was writing them letters, praying for healing. And so she decided, after receiving one of the answers, she decided she would personally ask God to touch her body. So she knelt down by her chair and prayed a simple childlike prayer. Lord Jesus, please heal my tonsils. The next morning, she woke up feeling fine. The pain in her throat had completely vanished. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm, I'll just have to look in the mirror and see. She had often looked into the mirror only to grow discouraged from her swollen, abscessed tonsils and the dry, solid look in her face. 
But this time was different. She raised the mirror, opened her mouth wide, and to her amazement discovered her tonsils were completely gone. (laughs) Not just reduced to normal size, but gone. She could breathe freely through her nose for the first time in months, so she knew her adenoids must be gone too. Jesus, the master physician, had performed a miracle in her body. She began running through the rooms of the house, shouting and praising God to the top of her voice. Just then, God spoke to her in an audible voice, saying, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mom was simply overjoyed with this tremendous spiritual visitation. After hearing the voice, she saw visions of heaven and felt a joy she had never felt before. Her spiritual eyes had been opened to the many great promises of God. And later she would tell everyone about what had happened and they'd want her to open her mouth to see this. These were the stories. Grandma, did you hear that? Come on. She would be your, she, your grandma. She's my great-great, not three greats. So my great-great-grandma, my mom and auntie's great-grandma, my grandma's grandma. These are the stories we're talking about right now. Legacy. So after this, it was a new beginning. She still hadn't spoken tongues, but boy, she was so hungry. This is, I just couldn't get over this. I love it so much. She was so, so, so hungry to receive the Holy Spirit. One time she was out in the garden and she had a bee come and hit her hat and she goes, Holy Ghost, is that you? That was how expectant she was to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm like, come on, Grandma. So as we were singing, Holy Spirit, come rest on us, I'm all of a sudden thinking, oh my word. She was so hungry. And now we so freely are experiencing that. I mean, we come in here, we see people get baptized in the Holy Ghost left and right. Praise Jesus. It's because of what Jesus did. But someone said, I want this, and I want this for myself and for the generations to come unto you and your children. Come on. So she jumped. Oh, my. I wonder if that was the Holy Ghost. And she kept, like, she wanted to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. She wanted to speak in tongues. And so she said that one day she took Psalms 103 and decided she was going to memorize that. And so as she repeated the words of Psalms, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. This was in her home. A light brighter than the noonday sun shone all around me. I was praying and praising God, but I couldn't understand a single word I was saying. But praise God, I could feel it. My two little boys, Emmett and Haskell, came in. I tried to talk to them, but they couldn't understand anything I was saying. The power was upon me. I had never seen anyone receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but I felt I had just received. So I went ahead and prepared supper. And when Frank came in that evening, I told him I believed I received the Holy Ghost. Like the simplicity of their faith just gets me. I believe I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so his response was, well, we'll eat supper, then go in and pray and see if you did. 
Let's eat supper first things first. You just got done working. Let's see. And then we'll see if you did. So we finished. She says, the Lord was patient with us and allowed us to finish our meal. We finished supper and retired to the parlor where we began a prayer meeting. Neither of us knew how to pray audibly. So once again, I started saying my psalm. I had just said a few words when the power of the Lord slayed me on the floor. There I lay rejoicing and praising the Lord and speaking in another language. (laughs) The language I spoke in changed about four times. We could recognize it when I began speaking in a different tongue. As I continued praying in tongues, I began to see wonderful visions of the coming of the Lord. So many nations in uniform making ready for the battle of Armageddon. The battle was fierce and long-lasting. Frank had a tremendous anointing to pray. He saw visions of the windows of heaven opened wide and the river of life as it flowed from the throne of God. He also saw a tree of life waving in the breeze, bearing all manner of sweet-smelling flowers. Although he did not receive his baptism that evening, he had stammering lips for much of the night. My, the things that happened that night. And she said, I didn't want to spread the news of having received the Holy Ghost yet because I knew everyone was against it. But Frank had never been one to keep anything so wonderful to himself. So in no time, he had told his folks and the trouble began on a full scale. (laughs) The apostolics had come and gone and they had been gone for some time. So we didn't have a preacher to lead us. However, we continued to have our prayer meetings, trust in God, and do the best we could through our faith in God, several healings took place. I just love it. I love the simplicity of it. I love the faith, the hunger of what it looks like. Of She didn't see it before. They hadn't seen anyone baptized in the Holy Ghost, but boy, they wanted it. And so she was going to pray, and she did, and she told him, I believe I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Great, let's eat, and then we'll see if you did. <laughs> But what happens after is what's wild. Um, It's so amazing. They began to see so many miracles. My grandma Hattie, she ended up, it was when typhoid fever went through, and she ended up being really sick with typhoid fever. And it says, like so many other families, we hoped our home would would escape the fever, but like everyone else, we feared that we would not. One day as I was working, I detected that I was running a temperature. Within a day, it was confirmed that it was typhoid I was on the very threshold of death's door. I was so weak that Frank had to feed me and periodically turn me over in bed. I continually lost weight and went down to 80 pounds. Virtually nothing but skin and bones. One night, I was feeling so bad that I asked God to let me die. But just as I had reached the deepest part of the valley, I heard the audible voice of God so sweetly say to me, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. I opened my eyes, and I saw a large angel with a staff in his hand, standing at the foot of my bed. I was so weak I couldn't turn over. Chills ran all over me, and I turned my face to the wall. Yes, I thought, I've seen an angel, and I'm going to die now. I didn't tell anyone about the audible voice of God or the visitation of the angel. The next night, the angel was once again at the foot of my bed. After some time, he said, Fear not. At that moment, I started to perspire heavily, and the fever broke. By the third day, I was able to turn over in bed, and soon thereafter, I was sitting on the side of the bed. Within a few days, I had regained enough strength to attempt to walk. 
I practically had to learn to walk all over again since it had been so long since I'd been on my feet. After this, after she'd experienced that, she then went to those who were sick, prayed for them, and they would get healed. It's beautiful. There's so many testimonies. They'd go, people would get healed. Um, my grandpa tells this story. I'm just, there's so many stories to tell. You want to hear another story? You want to hear a few stories? Are you encouraged by these? Okay. So during this time, my grandpa had a healing that was truly miraculous. The blacksmith shop was always a beehive of activity with hammers and anvils ringing out their metallic rhythm and white hot iron sizzling in the water. One day in the fury of activity, dad accidentally picked up a red hot plowshare. His hand was burned so badly that it turned white instead of red. The pain was excruciating, but as if by spiritual instinct, he shot his hand up high in the air and began calling on the name of Jesus at the top of his lungs. The other men were aghast upon seeing how seriously his hand was burned and totally shocked to hear him calling out on the name of the Lord so sincerely. But right there before their very eyes, the pain left and the hand was instantly healed. Let's go. The next day, the burned flesh peeled off and fresh pink skin had formed underneath. His boss said, Frank, I've never seen anything like that in my life. The entire shop was amazed, not only by the healing, but by dad's initial reaction to the accident. They had witnessed many lesser burns in their years in the shop, but heretofore they had always been accompanied by a flurry of screams and curses. So they're pretty shocked that it was calling on the name of Jesus instead of curses. Thank you, Lord. But they lived a life of the miraculous. There's another testimony of there was a, a band of gypsies that went through and a baby fell off the wagon. And these are people, they didn't like it when the gypsies came through. It shares that. And my grandpa saw the baby get ran over by a wagon wheel, runs, grabs the baby, this lifeless baby, limp baby, lifts the baby up and begins calling on the name of Jesus. The baby comes alive, healed, hands to the people. So there's, I mean, countless, countless testimonies here. I was having too much fun reading it, but I just, I was, I was reading it and I was so encouraged I just was weeping as I realized that my great-great-grandma prayed prayers that I'm walking out today. My great-great-grandma hungered for the Holy Spirit and realized unto you and to your children. And I'm walking in the blessings of those prayers today. It was so humbling so encouraging, and it lifted me to this place of realizing I get to carry that. And Pastor Rich, you've said before, like, I carry that same kind of mantle, and just things would burn in me when I read this, because it's true. There are mantles that are being handed down. God has plans for each and every one of us, and we get to walk those out. And like I said, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so it doesn't just end with one generation. It's handed down to the next. 
my grandparents, they have faithfully walked with Jesus. And, and the, the beauty of that, you have two very different stories. You have my grandma, and this is her family that we're reading about. You have my papa, who was raised, um, he was born out of wedlock, and he had a mom who took it on herself to raise this baby with love. That she raised my papa with love. She did everything that she could, and this was during a time where that was very much so shamed a lot more. But she loved that boy. And there was a family that stepped into the help, the help raised. Pastor Rich's family, come on. How, like, God is so good. This is the beauty of the body of Christ. Do you realize that he is so in every little detail? How many years later are we now doing ministry together? It's wild. That was in Iowa. It blows me away. But so another family took it upon to help raise my papa as well. So he had a mama who said yes and was going to love this baby with all she had. She worked so hard. I mean, there are stories that just like make you want to ball. And she loved her grandbabies and she loved her boy. But she knew she wanted the best for my papa. So there was another family that helped as well. And he was raised up in the ways of the Lord. She got saved after as well. And we're reaping the benefits of people who said yes. His life, how many of you have been blessed by my grandpa's life? Pastor Retson, if you don't know. You're in this building because of him. He designed this. His life is such a blessing, and now you look at his children. I mean, I'm a grandkid who is blessed beyond belief. I have a papa who has loved Jesus, who has spoken into my life, who has encouraged me. I have a grandma who has faithfully prayed for me. And that's because people said yes to Jesus. They said yes to walking it out. They said yes to sowing into the next generation. But he was blessed by families that said yes before. And so everyone has a part in this. Everyone has a part. Like, I mean, just think of the reality. We're in this room together, worshiping, celebrating the Lord. We experience miraculous things every week. People get healed every week now, don't they? I say basically every week we have testimonies of people getting healed. People, have you had a vision during worship ever before? I feel like that's pretty common things. All these things happen because generations before people said yes. God wants to move through generations. He wants legacy for his people. And like I said, I don't want this to make it seem like sometimes we can think, well, I just have to have it for my kids. It's so far beyond that. If you think of if you think of Deborah in the Bible, one example, it says that she arose as a mother for her nation. That she arose as a mother for her nation. She stepped up to the plate, and because of that, her nation experienced freedom. She wanted the legacy to go on. We have a beautiful example 
Pastor Matthew and Tessa, they are now adopting two of the most precious babies. They took it upon their heart to bring these children in. They said, I love you. I choose you. I want a different life for you. I want you to have everything that God has intended for you. And now, just begin to think about the legacy that those precious babies are going to have. They're adopted into parents that pastor. Parents, which is, that's beautiful in itself, but they're adopted into parents that love Jesus. That faithfully love Jesus. This family line now, I mean, they came from addiction, from all sorts of things. That ends now. That ends. Their legacy is forever changing now because people said yes. Their legacy is not addiction anymore. It's not having to bounce around, never knowing what home you're going to be in. Their legacy is now people who have loved Jesus, being raised in a home of safety, of security, being raised in a home where you learn that there is no junior Holy Spirit. You learn that God loves you. He has a plan for your life. Those babies are going to pass that down to the next generation. What happens when we take, I mean, I think of um, my cousin Shane. He, um, his brother was killed in gangs, and my aunt and uncle, they said yes to, I want you. I want to take you in. I want to raise you. How old was Shane? He was seven. So he was seven when they took him in and raised him, and now he's a successful businessman. He loves Jesus. He I mean, he's so talented in so many ways, but it's because someone said yes. They said, I'm going to step in, and I want it to be different for you. They had a yes to Jesus, and they had a yes to what the Lord was placing on their heart. And now, like I said, my cousin's alive, praise God. His brother was killed in gangs, and that probably would have been his life. But they said, nope, I'm taking you in. Nope. This gets to be your line now. This gets to be your legacy. This is what it gets to look like. And I'm saying this, and I'm sharing stories of both sides, of someone who at one point said yes as you know a teenager, and now you have the great-great-granddaughter who is getting to share these stories in a church service, talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you also have those who didn't have that. And in this room, what I feel very strongly is we have a lot of people who are going to be the first generation that says, it's changing. It's changing. And that gets me so excited because years from now, generations from now, you're going to have grandkids that are up here being like, this is what my, this is what my great grandma did. This is what my aunt did. This is what whoever it was, my spiritual mother, they did this. And now this is who I am today. We're going to see change. And I want to encourage people in that. I want to encourage you that your yes to Jesus has a way bigger impact than you will ever know. Fallon, your yes to Jesus, you're already seeing the impact. You're going to see it that much more. 
I believe it with my whole heart. My whole heart. They're gonna, your grandkids are going to have stories where they're like, this is what grandma did. She, when she went on this mission trip, when she did this, 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 those are going to be the stories that they're talking about. Kiki, I'm so excited. Let's go. Think about the generations that are coming. Think about the testimonies they're going to have. So many testimonies. This is what happened. This is what my family line looks like. It looks like people who love Jesus, who go out, preach the gospel everywhere they go, see miracles, signs, and wonders. Greg, let's go. Reuben, let's go. It's changing. This is what is happening. This is what happens when you say yes to Jesus. It's so much bigger than just us. Lisa, I think of all the different people that you have mentored. I think of the people that you have spoken into, that you have taken in, that you have prayed for, that you have loved on. They will be forever impacted by your yes to Jesus and by the yes to serving people. And that's, Pastor Rich has shared this before, that what the Lord does in you should lead you to want to wash people's feet. When the Lord does something in you, it should lead you to want to wash people's feet. And what that means is it should lead you to loving on people and serving people. That some of you have gone through things and you're going through it right now where you're the one who's like, I want it to be different. Jackson and Laura, you're a beautiful example where you're like, this is what it's going to look like for our children. And, you're ha- and you've had to walk through the steps of it. And it, it can be a fight. It can be a battle. Sometimes it feels awesome. And sometimes it does not necessarily feel awesome. But you are taking blows that your children will never have to, that your grandchildren will never have to. You are taking steps and pushing them so much further up the mountain that there is going to be an acceleration for the generations to come. There are people who have taken on the mantle and said, it's going to change. It's going to look different. Psalms 128, I'm going to read this in the Passion. How joyful are those who fear the Lord. Oh, that's new living. I want the passion. How joyous are those who love the Lord and bow low before God, ready to obey Him. Your reward will be prosperity, happiness, and well-being. Your wife will bless your heart and home. Your children will bring you joy as they gather around your table. Yes, this is God's generous reward for those who love Him. May the Lord bless you out of his Zion glory. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem throughout your lifetime. And may you be surrounded by your grandchildren. Happiness to you and happiness to Israel. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem throughout your lifetime. And may you be surrounded by your grandchildren. Happiness to you and happiness to Israel. Tia, come on. I say that because she, the Lord gave her a vision. She's someone, Tia and Mason, they're a couple who is going after it too, who says it's going to look different.
It's going to look different for our kids. The Lord gave her a vision of her and, and Mason sitting at this long banqueting table filled with kids all around them and it's being their grandchildren, the generations to come and getting to feast that way. But they're the generation that said, yep, let's do this. That's his promise. This is what the Lord wants. He wants healthy families. He wants it to where we have these generation lines where it, it goes to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation of blessing and blessing and blessing. Taking the mantle so you could say wearing it, grabbing the baton and saying, I'm running this leg of the race now. Taking it that much further. We're going to grab the baton and run. I'm taking the things that my grandma Hattie went after. I'm taking the things that my grandparents have gone after. I'm taking the things that my parents have gone after. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to run that much more. I want to make it so that my children, my children's children, so that they are going to go that much further. We say this a lot, that we want our ceiling to be the next generation's floor. And so let's do this. Let's go, Case and Roy. That's Auntie's boy. They matter. This next generation matters. The people beneath you, the, the, the younger ones, we want them to experience the goodness and the glory of God. One other thing, I almost said this during um, mid-service, but there was, God is for life. Like God is the God of life. He cares, He cares. And um, during our Christmas Eve service, I released something where I was like, I believe the Lord wants to break off miscarriage. This is a promise that he has. And Alicia, she came running to me after service, trying to find me. And she's like, I had a vision right before you said that. And she had a picture of stockings um, that were hung and the Lord placing like babies in stockings. She said he saw him placing babies in stockings. And I believe that. And I release that word over this body in Jesus' name. I thank you for life. I thank you for the generations to come, God. We thank you for the generations to come, that they would know you, that they would know your love. I thank you that they are raised up for such a time as this. And so we declare life over every person in this congregation. We declare your resurrection life, Jesus. I thank you for just this generation and in general, not just in our church, but we speak life to bodies. We break off any curse that has tried to stop life. I thank you that your gift is life, that you care about the generations and that we're going to see these promises of tables filled with grandchildren, that we're going to be able to enjoy your goodness in the land of the living So let's go ahead, let's stand up. Two ways in this message. If you're like me and you have a rich, rich heritage, run. Don't take it for granted. Take every single thing. I had my, the it would be my Aunt Grace who wrote this book before she passed. I said, will you pray for me? I want what you have. I want your mantle. I want to run with it. She laid hands on me sometime before she passed. I had um, 
Sister B, before she passed, I said, I want to carry what you have. Will you pray for me? Will you bless me? Because I want that. I don't want those things to die. I want to run with it. I've had, you know, my great aunt Sharon pray for me at different times too. But when you have a rich heritage, don't take it for granted. I was reading this book and I was just so humbled. I was like, Jesus, thank you that this is the family you gave me. I don't want to take this for granted. I want to run. So if you have that heritage, take it, run that much further. If you don't, I am so excited for you because the generations to come are going to be different after you. If you don't, I am living proof that a yes to Jesus can look like the most blessed person where I literally, I'm humbled and I'm like, I just don't know, Jesus, thank you. No other words, but thank you, Jesus. And I just want to encourage you that your families are going to look so, so, so different. I have one more thing to read. This is my grandma before she passed. This was her passing. And they said, are you feeling any anxiety about death? I asked her. Her eyes twinkled and she smiled as if the question were the most ridiculous thing she'd ever heard. No, it's going to be marvelous. So everyone came to visit her at this time because they knew that she was passing. And she said, there's Jesus standing there ready to take me. He's all dressed in white. And then at that point, she called for Uncle Bo. He was the blessed one there, but we all take the anointing, hallelujah. Her 14-year-old great-grandson to her bedside, she told him to kneel down, but she was going to pray for him. As she began to pray in her customary way, the power of the Lord swept over her, and she began to shout and praise God. The rest of us gathered around the bed. It was as if entering the throne room. Her face was shining. Oh, children, this is it. It's real. It's real. The Pentecostal way is real. She broke into Holy Spirit laughter and praise, falling back on her pillow and holding her breath with joy like I had seen her do so many times before. Soon up she would come, shouting and praising God all over again. We all wept with mixed emotions. We were thankful for the Spirit of God that Mom was feeling, but in our hearts we knew that this was her farewell. Soon it was over. She was at rest. What a beautiful and victorious ending to a beautiful and victorious life. After the funeral, my brothers and I went through her meager possessions. There's really nothing of earthly value, but she left us an inheritance that could not be measured. There was the old trunk that she had kept all of her life, and opening its lids, we found Dad's favorite tie, few keepsakes of Evangeline and Johnny, long-kept letters from friends and relatives, and pictures that told the story of a full life lived for the Lord. Yes, this, the promise of God was true. She had lived to see her children, her grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren to become partakers of God's grace and the apostolic Pentecostal faith that she loved and exemplified throughout her life. 
So she left behind five generations, over 100 of us, pastors, pastor's wives, missionaries, Bible teachers, helpers, and outstanding followers of Jesus Christ as good citizens in their communities. Thank you, Jesus. I believe with my whole heart that we are gonna have so many more of these so many more testimonies like this, that you're gonna be fruitful in your old age, that if you haven't, if you're the one who's starting for your family, get ready, because your book gets to have an ending like this too. It gets to have an ending that the generations have a yes to Jesus in their heart, that there are pastors, preachers, there are, you know, there are evangelists, but there are also presidents. There are businessmen and women that are anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, that that's what you're going to see. Your life matters. Your yes to Jesus matters. And so right now, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for how wonderful you are. I thank you that you care, that you're, you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you care about generations, and you care about families. And right now, I just release the blessings that I have received over every single person, God. I thank you for people. I, I thank you for the first generation Christians in this room, Lord. I pray that you would baptize them with a boldness like never before in Jesus' name. If that's you, just put your hands out. If you're the one who's saying, I am going to be the one who changes things for my family. Put your hands out. Jesus, we just thank you right now for those who have a yes to you in their heart. I just thank you, Lord, that generations are changing today. I thank you that generational lines are changing today. I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would fill them right now anew, that you would touch them anew. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for more people that are going to be adopting children in. I thank you for those who are saying, it ends with my generation. It ends here. And we have a clear vision because we are following after Jesus with all that we have. So Lord, we thank Thank you that the Treasure Valley will never be the same again. Lord, we thank you that the generations to come will never be the same. So God, thank you for filling us right now with purpose. We thank you that we get to walk out this legacy because of everything that you have done, Jesus. Thank you that your love has changed us and now it's going to change those that, are, that come after us. It's going to change the generations to come, Lord. So thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. Thank you for all you're doing. And I just want you as well to right now, those people that you're believing to be saved, let's begin to pray for them. Let's begin to pray for them. I just want you right now to begin to contend for those people. Each and every one of us, we all have people that we're contending for. We all have people that we want to see come to Jesus. And so right now, just begin to lift those people up. We're just going to lift these people up to the Lord. So every single one of us, let's just begin to pray for those people that we're contending for them to come home. Look and see for everyone is coming home. Arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises to shine upon you. So Jesus, we just thank you.
for each and every one of those that are lost, that they would come home today, that they would come home, that they would come home to a loving Father, they would come home to your loving arms, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to call them by name. Begin to call them by name. Thank you, Lord. This promise is unto you and to your children, to your children's children, to those who are far off. This is the promise. This is the promise that he has. know what might happen if you're a, you got a praying great grandma or a, a praying uncle, praying cousin. You never know what might happen. We're going to have the ministry team that's up here as well. And I just believe that this is the time. Let's just, if you We'll just open it up this way. If you want, I know I had people stand up and, and raise their hands, but if you are someone who's like, I want the difference, can, can you come to the front? If you're the first generation person, if you're, if you're the one who's running for your family, can you come to the front? Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, this is what I want us to do. Yeah, come to the front. If that's you, changes after you. The rest of us, I want us to stretch our hands towards them. Can we stretch our hands towards them? Yes, Lord, we just thank you for these people who have said yes, Lord. We thank you for their yes. We thank you, Bethany West. Do you mind just laying hands on them too? Prayer team, can you just go lay hands on people there? Lord, we just thank you for their yes, and we just speak your anointing and covering over them. Like as a family of God, as the family of God, we surround you and say, we wanna be those who help hold you up. We wanna be those who help hold your hands up, who help encourage you to strengthen you, that we wanna welcome your family in. When your family comes, when the lost, when the broken come, we wanna be loving arms to them as well. We as the church and as your family, we say we are here to welcome them in, to bring them in with you, that that gets to be our responsibility as the church. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yes, Grandma, Papa, thank you. Dale and Diane, could you lay hands on people as well? I just want to encourage you to know how holy these moments are. Like just to let you in, to let you in as a family, as a church family, we are gonna, 
We don't see it all right now, but for generations to come, we will see the effects that happen with this. So we're gonna do a soft close here and I'm gonna speak this blessing over you. So if you wanna stay and pray, just get ministered to, please do. If you need to go, I'm gonna send you off with a blessing, but I encourage you, if you do leave, please, please just take your conversation outside while they get ministered to. But may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. So Lord, we bless every person in here. Thank you for all that you're doing, all that you've done. We love you, we love you. In your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen.